Hello, welcome to Be With Your Body. My name is Sarah Jane Chapman. This is a podcast about folks connecting to their bodies just as they are without needing to be any other way. Today, I talk with Kate Martin. She is a therapist that specializes in eating disorder recovery, but honestly, so, so, so much more than that. I actually came into this conversation thinking we would talk about that, and I'm so glad that we talked about so many other things, including Kate's chronic illness, which is POTS, which is a heart condition, so she talks about that. We talk about how movement can be accessible for people with chronic illnesses, and so, so, so much more. So I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Kate Martin. I don't want to hate myself, my body, or my mind. I still have a lot to unlearn. In the meantime, I'll be kind. It's not just me. It's systems of oppression make us small. This healing's not just for you and me, because really, it's for us all. So today I am with Kate Martin, who is a therapist who specializes in with folks with eating disorders. Um, Kate, I am so happy that you're here. Thank you so much for coming. Me too. Thanks for inviting me. I'd love for you to introduce yourself and share a couple things that you identify with and as and your pronouns if you feel comfortable. Oh, sure. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Kate Martin. Um, I'm a therapist here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I am a, uh, white cisgender, uh, woman and uh, my pronouns are, uh, she, her and hers. Um, and I'm a mom (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) there's lots of other things. I don't know. Many other (laughs) wonderful things. Um, Mm -hmm. I would, I you know, I don't know if you'd call yourself this, but I would call you, uh, an aspiring herbalist. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, and potter. Mm-hmm, yep. I'm a potter mm-hmm. and I'm also like a very, uh, woo woo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm becoming more of like a <laughs> spiritual, uh, person, mystic type person as yeah. I'm, you know, progressing in that journey. I, I don't know what the identity is, but I'd call it, but I'm definitely getting into that world quite a bit more. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so great. Um, so tell me a little bit about your experience with your body. Let's talk these days. We don't need to go too deep into history, but how are you feeling in your body these days? So as you know, because we're friends and Mm -hmm. we text each other when we lose our shit (laughs) about Mm -hmm. diet culture, Mm -hmm. uh, it's hit or miss, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm, you know, the history background for me is that I am, um, a former, ballet dancer, uh, former anorexic of many years in recovery for an eating disorder now for well over a decade. Um, but you know, that like part of the brain never, I think disappears for, for most people. I won't speak for everybody, but certainly for me and every client (laughs) I've ever had, I think. So, uh, anecdotally, yeah. Just anecdotally (laughs) speaking, literally every single person I know. Um, Mm -hmm we struggle with it. And I think part of why we struggle is because we live in a society, um, that privileges thin bodies that wants this really homogenous, um, body type for everyone that just isn't biologically possible (laughs) for, for most of us. And so, uh, so yeah, when like you always say bodies change, which I love, um, which you got from, 
your sweet husband. And, uh, I think that a lot, but when bodies change, sometimes it does like trigger things, um, thoughts. So, you know, I think through the pandemic and, um, you know, candidly, like I was on some anti-anxiety medication, um, due to some personal stuff that I had experienced. I went through a divorce not too long before the pandemic. And then there was a pandemic, um, which led to some body changes for me, some weight gain, and then, you know, not being able to go to gym, to the gym or any of that. There were some changes in my body over the past, you know, year and a half that like I've been doing a lot of work around. So my relationship with my body is, uh, good and it's solid, but like it, you know, the feelings, um, you know, depend, kind of depends on the day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And then also having some tools to like ride those waves because these things happen. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, one of the things that I'm super grateful for is having people in my life like you who I can call or text when something kind of triggering comes up um, and process and feel less alone. Um, And as a, you know, therapist, feel less like I have to always pretend to have it all figured out. Um, yes. You know, oh my goodness. I know I can just be more vulnerable about it. Like, but it's an ongoing process. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. What, um, what other things do you do when you're starting to feel, you know, as body change, bodies change and, you know, our relationship to that, it might feel really scary or, uh, un, you know, unsettled, like what other tools yeah. do you use? So, there's so much <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's so, it's so hard to identify like a single tool because it's not that simple. You know, mm-hmm. for me, my like saving grace has been like the, just the people in my life, like find, yeah. having people like my, my husband now, my, my partner um, and my friends, you know, are people that are just, they hold so much space for me. Like this past weekend, I had some trigger, some triggering things. And I actually texted you because, Mm -hmm. so I'm not going to name names, but I was in, you know, online, there are spaces that are safe Mm -hmm. for people in recovery. And I shared this with you that I was in one of those spaces and saw this person commenting on quite a bit and like went and clicked on it. And it's this person who is selling a diet, um, very, very restrictive in her eating, um, extreme, like her whole page is about it. She's an influencer yeah. about it. And it really felt like, like really invasive that this person was kind of like invading this safe space and trying mm-hmm. to like muddy the waters between eating disorder recovery. And then this like cult of wellness that, you know, we talk about a lot, like where it's no longer a diet. It's like a wellness lifestyle. Yeah. They make it super confusing for people in recovery. And so I was just like kind of in some feels about that. And, uh, you know, to, to be able to like process that, share it, like have, um, you know, have a space to like get those feelings out and not kind of stuff them, um, when they come is really important. And I told my husband, cause I like got tearful about it and was Mm-hmm. really frustrated about some things. And it was almost like my, my own eating disorder had like to have a little temper tantrum. It was like <laughs> my, my eating disorder popped her head up and she's like, wait, so can we do that? Like, can we be raw vegan? Is that like, can we do that and still be in recovery? 
And then my like, like no, higher self, like, sorry, no, we can't, no, we cannot do that. And so it's yeah. like this little temper tantrum. And then just like when my child has a temper tantrum, once mm. those feelings were out, I felt better. And I not only felt better, I felt like better than I had before I'd even been triggered. It was like allowing that um, relief was super important. Yeah. So the people in my life who like get me uh, yeah. in that way is kind of like just the number one. But yeah, you know, in terms of like the deeper work, obviously, you know, we do prayer and meditation, mm. physical movement, you know, you and I have similarities in that we both have chronic illness and so, mm-hmm. and chronic pain. So mm-hmm. a lot of my kind of work in this stage of my life as my, you know, um, my chronic illness has gotten worse with, with age, which it tends to do. Um, it's just like being with my body, like, you know, being yeah. in physical spaces with my body and, and being like, okay, well, I used to be able to maybe do this type of exercise and now I have to modify it and just like allowing that to be okay um yeah. is also super helpful oh my goodness undoing the rules would you mind yeah would you feel comfortable talking about your chronic illness sure yeah um so I was diagnosed uh several years ago so, so it's a it's been a winding road so I have a mm. chronic illness but I also have a fair amount of medical trauma so I was mm-hmm. finally recently diagnosed with something called um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is a genetic connective tissue disorder. And this diagnosis um, kind of tied together a ton of things that for years now we've been pursuing and trying to understand. And they've been seen as these separate things. Like I was diagnosed with a heart condition called um, POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And that was after seeing five different cardiologists and having a heart surgery for a condition that they thought I had, that they later realized I did not have. So yeah, so there's been a lot of years of um, pain and suffering and confusion and self-blame and fear around what's wrong, like what's wrong with me. (laughs) And many, many doctors saying, oh, you just have anxiety. Um, You know, you're a hypochondriac, things like that. that Not believing you about your own body. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, it fosters this sort of like lack of trust in yeah. my own body and this sense of like disconnect. So, so although it sounds kind of crazy, finally having a diagnosis and, and having a treatment plan and I've gotten started at this place called the Osher Center at Vanderbilt here, which is like a wonderful place where they mm-hmm. treat Ehlers-Danlos a lot and having everybody there be like, you have been so, like the first thing that the doctor that I talked to in my intake said to me, well, she asked me, she said, so how long have you been suffering without answers? And I burst into tears. Yeah, (laughs) of course. She's like, I see you. And you're like, thank you. She was like, on average, it's a decade. You know, some people (sighs) have been suffering for longer, but you know, and, and just hearing that, and there's so much of this trauma is like stored in the body. So feeling like I'm in this place where, okay, now there's, answers and there's a treatment plan like it actually is restoring some trust that I have with myself and yeah um and that sort of physical connection with my body um whereas before I would just sort of be like well I have to push through this thing that's hurting me because Mm -hmm. maybe it's just hurting me because I'm out of shape or whatever and now it's like no it's hurting you because you have a genetic disorder (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh my goodness. Oh, so, I can relate yeah. to that so much. You know, I share. I know when, you can. Yeah. Oh, when I, yeah. When I went to Planned Parenthood and for you, yeah. like you have diabetes <laughs> and thank it's God like, for there's Planned Parenthood, right? Oh God. Thank God for Planned Parenthood. Seriously. But I mean, just having someone, especially, you know, in the medical setting, it's like this person, mm-hmm. we see them as you know, they have, they have the higher, the, you know, they have the upper hand, they have they're, more knowledge, yeah, they have the power. And so just having someone be like, Hey, I see you. And I recognize that you, something is going on with you. And just, I mean, I remember that, that same bursting, like Ugh. my system knew as soon yeah. as she said that word, I knew it. Yeah. And I just like, I was like, Oh, it this felt is true. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, my, one of my best friends from college, Megan, she's, she was our officiant at our wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember her, but she also, yeah, she's type Mm -hmm. one. And she was telling us the other day, she sent us like, um, some of her electronic medical records that she accessed Mm -hmm. for some reason. And it was from when she was going, and she was so angry because this doctor had like documented all these things that are now to Megan, like a glaring neon sign that they type one. And they were just like, mm, um, like you should cut carbs. And, <laughs> and they gave her like metformin and told her to cut carbs. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was so sick. It's like, thank God she mm-hmm. didn't die. You know, she could have. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's really scary. It's really scary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I, yeah, when I went to, cause that was Planned Parenthood and they're like, we obviously can't diagnose you. You have to go to the hospital. Right. And then the hospital was like, oh, you have metformin. Okay. Or here's you know, you have type two. Here's metformin. Bye. And I'm like, Mm-mm. okay, bye. Cause I didn't know any better. I mean, that's, oh, it's ridiculous. Wow. Well, well and you know, first, they act like it's so rare, but you know, my oh, father God. and my uncle were both diagnosed with type one in their thirties. It's not that yeah. rare. <laughs> it's not that rare. I know yeah. it's ridiculous. Well, I'm yeah. so sorry that first you, that it took that long. And I'm so happy that it's now being treated for you. Thank you, friends. Same, same with you. And I'm so yeah. excited that you recently got your, your pump and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. A whole new, whole new level mm-hmm. of learning. It's really wild. Mm-hmm. So, bet. so I want to kind of go back to, you were sharing. Um, so with your chronic illness, sometimes there are things that like when you're exercising or something that your body tells you I'm done, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. so how's that been kind of navigating movement with your chronic illness? <sighs> It's been a clusterfuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, to be completely honest, yeah. when I, throughout my 20s and early 30s, so what happens to me is that I I develop a cardiac arrhythmia where Mm. my heart basically kind of like vibrates (laughs) instead of pumping Mm. blood. Um, Mm. And and it will happen sometimes just kind of out of nowhere. Um, Like, for example, I was wearing a Holter monitor for a month for my cardiologist back um, What's a Holter yeah, monitor? I, is that like a necklace thing that you put no, on? Oh, well, I don't no, really don't it's, know. <laughs> um, it's like a bunch of electrodes that they, they actually have to, yeah. here's a little fun fact. They sandpaper your skin to get them to attach for that long. So that was, that was a fun oh, surprise, gosh. but they, they put like six, I think it was six. It might've been eight electrodes on me. And then they covered them up with like super, super adhesive tape. And then I just had to wear, wear them for a month and they were oh, wow. attached to a little, um, like tracker. And then that mm-hmm. tracker would send my heart rhythms to this, you know, like a data collection place. And so twice the, the data collection place called me and said, your heart rate is over 200 beats per minute. You need to go to the ER. 
Oh my goodness. And I was like, uh, I feel fine. <laughs> I oh, mean, wow. this is normal for me. Yeah. Because yeah. I would be doing cardio or whatever. Mm. And I thought it was just normal to feel like you were dying, you know? Um, oh doing no. Cardio. Yeah. And so, Ugh. you know, things like that, where I was learning, oh wait, you know, because again, what I told myself over and over for years was you're just not working hard enough, you know, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. are out of shape. And I don't know how I could have been out of shape going to the gym five times a week and pushing myself that hard. But what I eventually found out from my cardiologist, the one that I love that I still have now was Mm -hmm. he said, everything you were doing was making it worse. You know, like your heart muscle was so, yeah, like tired and tired. And, um, And so he was like, the very best thing in the world that you can do is stop that stop punishing your body and go go slower go easier like avoid intense cardio you shouldn't you shouldn't do it at all it's bad for you um oh my for goodness example, one of the things with pots is that you're supposed to eat a ton of salt like four times as much mm-hmm. salt as normal people because mm-hmm. we lose a lot of salt which can affect your heart rhythms because your heart runs on like uh electrolytes basically so like mm-hmm. salt magnesium potassium so he, so he's like, look, some people are supposed to cut down on salt. You need to like quadruple your salt. Some people are supposed to go run marathons. You are not supposed to run at all. <laughs> do like, not do that. <laughs> yeah. Like the things yeah, that are good for some bodies are not yeah. good for other bodies, right? It's just like mm. how that one time you were like uh, injecting yourself with insulin when we were out somewhere. And I like, I don't remember what happened, but I almost like poked myself by accident with your needle. And you were like, oh, <laughs> don't kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> this keeps me alive. It would kill you, you know? And it's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's such an interesting thing of like, <laughs> if we accept that all bodies need different things medically, mm-hmm. can we not also accept that all bodies need to like look different ways and yes. can we not, you know, respect that all bodies mm-hmm. are unique. Um, so. Yeah. And I think that's such the harm of the wellness culture, right? It's oh. like, oh, if you just follow these simple rules and only eat this and never eat that and only run and never, you know, it's like, but well, wait a sec. And then if you fail at that, then you think it's your fault. So right. If that, that doesn't work for your body, completely your the insidious thing is like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and also like, uh, you know, just thinking that every body is supposed to like that the height of health for a body is to be lean, you know, mm. like Mm-mm. that's not true. Mm-mm. And epigenetics ensures that that's not true. You know, mm-hmm. we, we are given our bodies. And I was watching something really fascinating about epigenetics the other day, where it's like, you know, there is genetic coding that comes down through the generations and it's there to protect us, you know? Um, and we're built different ways for a whole host of reasons. Um, and you know, we'll all be a lot better off if we, when we can accept that and like honor it. Um, but we're not there yet. And Mm. for sure the wellness, like you and I can go off and we can spend the whole hour (laughs) shitting on the wellness influencers (laughs) because it's also like a tyranny of health. Right. So it's like, Mm -hmm. they think that you and I are less than because we're Mm -hmm. sick even Mm -hmm. though we were literally born with this shit and it's not our fault, you know? Yes. Um, You know, and, you know, and okay. So here's the thing about having, obviously it's everything's complicated, but having chronic illness is complicated. It's a blessing and also it's a curse and a blessing, right? So it's a curse because it's a fucking pain in the ass to deal with all this shit. But for me, I will say one of the blessings of having a chronic illness is it kind of fast tracked me to connect with my body because I had to. 
right? I didn't have a choice. And I can feel when my blood sugar goes low and when my blood sugar goes high, I can, I know that I'm tired. I know when I need to rest and it like forces me (laughs) to be with my, you know, and I know that you feel similar too. And sometimes we need to make, um, adjustments. Like I, I actually almost got one of these. I know that you got one of those like fancy electric bikes. I am in love with my electric bike, even though I did just (laughs) massacre my foot uh, when I wiped out on it the other day. Have I not shown you the picture? No. Oh my God. I'll send it to you later. It's disgusting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, obviously there's hazards and everything, but you know, there's always like other ways to do it. I mean, I shared about this in a, in an earlier episode um, with, uh, non-diet trainer Barb, where we talk mm-hmm. about, um, we talk about movement and how for me running is like, does not feel like mentally yeah. safe for me. Right. Um, because it was a, a trigger movement for me, but mm-hmm. cycling is like, I get that freedom. You it's know? like childhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so, so I was feeling a little bit ashamed about ordering an electric bike. Well, it's not, it's not all electric. So here's the thing about the bike. And by the way, let this be an advertisement for all of your listeners. (laughs) Buy a fucking electric bike. It is a game changer. So we moved into this house last year, right? Like a week before the pandemic started. (laughs) Like a week before March. It was like late February 2020. And it's at the top of a hill, a really tall hill, where we have the most beautiful view of the Greenway, which is about a mile from our house. But to get back home from the Greenway, you literally, you couldn't bike up this hill, no matter how and what great shape you were. It's just like, it's, mm-hmm. it's so much. Too much. Yeah. So I got this bike because this green, you know, this greenway is beautiful. It's like 20 miles. Um, it's gorgeous. And, um, it's so close to our house. So I, during the pandemic ordered this bike and it has been like, it's literally changed my life because mm-hmm. It's enabled me to get exercise because it's just pedal assist. So you can set the pedal assist on zero if you want. So you can just use it like a regular bike, which I do for a lot of the time that I'm on the greenway. But then when you're going up a big hill or whatever, you can turn pedal assist on and you get up the hill um, with some assistance. And it has enabled me to get exercise. It's gotten me um, more connection to like the natural world. I've been Mm -hmm. doing a lot of foraging on the greenway. There's a ton of wild growing medicine. Um, I've made elderberry, uh, syrup from elderberries. I foraged on the greenway Mm -hmm. and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, and it's just given me back that sense of like playfulness that you get when you ride your bike all day when you're a little kid, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, so highly like recommend smell all the smells and oh, you, you know, you feel uh, the wind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really, for me, it's, yeah, it's really magic. So, it's worth it's it. so I did cool. get a friend to get one mm-hmm. and she's obsessed with it as well. So, well, it's funny. So I, I recently bought a new bike too, cause my old bike was just, it was at the end of its life. And, mm-hmm. um, there was, so I go to this local bike shop, shout out another, another ad <laughs> shout out to <laughs> Shelby bike company, also Greenfleet, mm-hmm. um, in Nashville, Tennessee. And so we were looking at some bikes and there was a woman there who had one of these, um, electric bikes and, and she was like, you should try it out. And I was like, okay. And so, I mean, I tried yours before too. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, I rode it around. I was like, uh, it was, it was just a little bit more than we wanted to spend at this point, but it was totally get it. But I think, yeah, it's definitely in the, in the works, maybe look for a used one. I mean, they're, yeah, it's I bought a used really one. Fun. 
Yeah, they are. And the one, the company that I got mine from is Rad Power, and they mm-hmm. have a ton of different models. So now they have like an entry level model that's under a thousand dollars. Oh, and um, yeah, and it's you know it's really cool. And I find that I use it sometimes too for like even quick errands. Like I've ridden it down to yeah. like the Walgreens that's like two miles from our house. Sure. Um, rather than using my car and stuff. So I don't know. I love it, and I'm proud yeah. of it. I don't feel any like weirdness about the fact that. It's uh, oh, that's great biking on easy mode. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, there are so many, and I also live near a different, same greenway, different part of the same greenway. Yep. And I go down there a lot and it's cool to see like all the different types of bikes. Like I've seen folks who have like the hand pedal prank mm-hmm. bike. And then I've seen people have like these like elliptical bike things that they, <laughs> I've seen those too. Those. <laughs> those things are crazy. You know, they look like, really fun. They do. Yeah. So I don't know. There's all sorts of fun ways that like, and and like, especially for folks with, I mean, for anyone really just yeah. like, I just like it. That's a, that's a great reason to do something just because you like it. Precisely. But, especially, but especially if you have like a chronic illness, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have to carry a pack with me with all my snacks and all my, you know, yep. cause I don't want to get like, you know, 15, 20 minutes into my ride and feel my low coming on, Ooh, you know? Yep. Um, so it's, it's always so cool to have like, movement stuff be accessible for a variety of folks who are different well, ways. It's so much about just like giving yourself permission to like, to mm-hmm. me, if I didn't get a, a, an electric bike, I wouldn't be biking like at all. And yeah. I might have 10 years ago been like, yeah, you don't deserve to bike because you need modifications, mm-hmm. you know? And now I'm 38, bitch. I'm like, I'm going to do whatever I need to do. <laughs> To be able to access the thing I love, the thing that I want to do. Like I'm giving myself unbridled permission to figure it out, make it work (laughs) because I want to enjoy my life, you know? Yes, yes, yes. There are ways. I love Mm -hmm. that. Okay. So a slight pivot. I want to ask you, um, so I've recently chatted with a intuitive eating nutritionist Mm -hmm. and we talked about the difference between um, eating disorder and disordered eating. And I'd love from a therapist perspective, if you could maybe tease that out for us. Yeah, sure. You know, I love nuance. Um, Mm -hmm. We live in like a super polarized world. And I was talking to a client about this today where it's super hard for us to just kind of sit in a little bit of like uncertainty or, you know, a question, Mm -hmm. open-ended question. That's really hard for us. So you know, I think if you're somebody who's asking if it's possible that you have some disordered eating, you probably do. Mm-hmm. And it's worth sitting in that uncertainty. And it's also okay to never identify as having an eating disorder if that mm-hmm. doesn't feel right or true to you. Um, I tell most people that if we li- if you live in America, you probably have some disordered eating. Like, <laughs> it sucks. I, don't, I shouldn't be laughing at that. I mean, it's like, <laughs> like, true. Yeah. You yeah. go into any restaurant and get served a portion that's twice the size of what it needs to be. But then every single ad in your, you know, like social media or on the television show that you're watching is about weight loss and having small Mm -hmm. bodies and it's fucking Mm -hmm. crazy making. It's what we Mm -hmm. call a double bind. So a double bind Mm -hmm. is basically like a no win situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so yeah, we probably all have a little bit of disordered eating at some point. Some of us kind of shake that out really easily and come out the other side. And some people it's stickier. Um, and I think also in the same way that bodies change, 
our nutritional needs change. So Mm. what Mm. might have worked for you at some point in your life may not work as well. And we have to alter our relationship with food. Um, And that might create some disorder or a little bit of, um, at the very least, like tension. So it's always worth looking at because we have to eat every day. (laughs) Yes. It can be tricky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your needs might change day to day or week, you know, it's like, you know, today I might need, I was just sharing with you before we started recording that I Uh last two days had a really nasty stomach virus that I haven't had uh, experienced in a while. (laughs) And just that like, Oh, you know, big hair germs, baby. Oh man. They get you. (laughs) They get you. Um, but yeah, I, I love to eat and I, and I have like the things that I eat throughout the day. And it was so disorienting for me to be like, first to not be hungry because I was sick and then to like eat a little bit and be like Tara. And also we were talking about relating like, um, with blood sugar and, and stomach bugs and stuff like that. It's like, okay, so if I eat this and my mom takes insulin, but what if I don't keep it down? It's like, you know, there's a lot of unknowns there and um and then easing back into it I'm like okay so I normally would have like an egg sandwich for breakfast and I was like mm-hmm. let's just do some buttered toast you know? <laughs> let's ease back into this <laughs> like let's totally. and it's just funny to you know I've just been in my groove where I'm like yeah I have the same thing most days and then I'm like oh my needs have changed well so and that can be from something dramatic and horrible sure. like a puke yes. bug or it can mm-hmm. be like I, I was kind of triggered recently because my husband who has always just, he's kind of the kind of like, he's extremely easygoing. So basically if I'm like, Oh, I'm making this for breakfast. He'll just eat it because sure. that's just who he is. He's, he yeah. says he's a carp. Like he'll just eat anything. He's like, Oh, you're not going to finish that. I'll eat it. You know? Um, but he reckon he recognized recently, like within the past few months that he's been feeling better, not eating a lot of breakfast or eating like a small, thing later rather than having like an egg sandwich at 8am. Like I typically Mm -hmm. will do. And I recognized that I was triggered by that. And we talked about it and it was, Mm -hmm. you know, it was great to kind of be able to process that, that, you know, you're not doing anything wrong, babe. I'm just like experiencing a trigger (laughs) because I then feel like, well, I should, should I not be eating breakfast and should, Mm -hmm. should I be, you know, and then it's like all those kind of, um, you know, insecurities come, come up and, you know, like one of the benefits of having wonderful people in your life is like he recognized immediately. He was like, our bodies need different things. And like you, because of your pots and all these things, like you, you need to eat more consistently and you need to eat salt. You need to get salt in you early in the morning. And like, mm-hmm. it's important that you do this. Um, and like, how can I support you in that? Even if I'm not eating that thing with you, you know? And so yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes our needs just change because we're getting more in tune with ourselves. Like he realized he felt better if he waited a little bit on breakfast and that's great. Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I also, the little gem I want to highlight from that also is that different bodies need different things. Like we said yep. before and that's okay. okay. And just because one person, what is it? Food checking? When, yes. Yeah. 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 I, funny. My husband. Am I allowed to eat if yeah. you're not eating? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But Andrew always jokes about that with me, with him, because I'll be like, you know, mostly it would just be like if he orders up. Well, when we first started dating, 
when I was early, early baby infant recovery. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, just starting to like, okay, maybe I can eat a sandwich and not a salad Uh or whatever, you know? And he would be like, well, I want a salad. I'm like, well, can I, can I eat a salad too? Can I eat a salad? And he's like, are you food checking? <laughs> <laughs> and now we basically eat the same things. So it's fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes all the difference yeah. in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Eric is mostly, uh, he's like a, he's a pescatarian. True. Um, but he was a vegetarian for like a decade. Um, and so he eats very little meat. And I'm somebody that really thrives on protein. Protein mm-hmm. also helps me a lot with sort of yeah. some of my heart stuff. Like I, feel better in my body when I'm eating protein and I've definitely cut back on meat because of living with him. But I also, you know, have like allowed that to influence me a bit to where I've, you know, had some space to explore. Like, how do I feel if I'm doing like a plant-based protein with this meal and what do I need? And is it okay for me if I'm feeling like, Oh, I'm like, I have my period and I need more iron. I'm going to make myself a steak. And like, Mm -hmm you can figure out your own dinner, you know, like, get, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. took us a couple years to get to that point yeah. too, where I felt like, okay, I don't have to cook you dinner. I can just mm-hmm. take care of myself. I feel like I need an episode where I need to talk to partners of folks. Such a great idea. Recovery, you know, cause I feel like, yeah, I would love to have, yeah, maybe we'll do that. Um, cause I'd love to have like y'all on together and like, see what his perspective of that was for him, you yeah, know, cause that's a, that's a lot idea. of figuring out too. For both, for all parts. Well, especially if you've never been exposed to it. Like Eric has had no exposure to like the mental health world. He's like a normie through and through. Um, (laughs) Just like not the sweetest normie. We love the best normie. The most. He's the most wonderful normie that's ever lived. But like he had no idea. You know, I had to teach him a lot of stuff, and he still is kind of like, okay, just like explain it to me because I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. That's but okay. I know I forget. Important. Sometimes I forget because I'm just surrounded by so many therapists and people who are just so actively <laughs> like looking at their shit that it's like yeah. I forget that there's just folks that are just fine in the world. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh my goodness, Kate, this has just been ugh, such a joy to chat with you. Um, oh, same. Are you taking clients? Can I offer your services as a therapist or are you not taking clients these days? Sure. I mean, so, and new clients. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So here's the situation. Yes. <laughs> uh, I've been home with a five-year-old since March of 2020. Um, and he just started kindergarten. And um, I'm not going to get political, but <laughs> if they yeah. start saying that kids don't have to wear masks in school, he's going to be back home with me again. So um, currently speaking... I have a lot more openings in my schedule than I did just a couple of weeks ago. That can, that can change. So sure. <laughs> if anybody wants to reach out, I would love to chat with anybody um, that is interested. Or, yeah. Your website in the show notes. And we sure hope that nothing changes and that mm-hmm. I continue to be super open because mm-hmm. my son's in school. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the other thing. That's the other thing with having a chronic illness is we kind of have to extra protect ourselves from things too. Yeah. So my son almost definitely has the same one that I do. He was just diagnosed with a heart condition called a bicuspid aortic valve. So he's one of the kids that like would really, really benefit from everybody getting vaccinated and wearing their mask. So please continue to do that too if you can. Yeah. Yeah. So true. We appreciate it. 
We do. We really do. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and also parents of very, very young children who mm-hmm. can't get vaccinated. Yeah. We, we yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah. Sorry for that <laughs> unexpected. <laughs> no, I mean, this pro, is yeah. pro math. Well, things, the end of our little talk. things affect our bodies and we're trying mm-hmm. to be with our bodies. So you got yeah. it. Well, I love you so much, my friend. I'm so I grateful. Love you. Thanks for talking to me. Thank you. This is so fun. Here's one thing that you can do to be okay with being you. Here's one thing that you can do to be okay with being you. So have you ever had a picture taken of you that you hated? (laughs) You, being a human, have probably had this experience. You, being a person who is learning to be with your body, has most definitely had this experience. So I want to talk about a couple things that have helped me with this process. Um, Having my picture taken used to be a really big trigger of mine that would activate some body image stuff for me. So I've kind of worked through a lot of these things. It's not perfect, but um, can definitely be with uh, the experience of learning to be okay with my pictures. So first thing is give it a little bit of time. Have you ever found a picture of yourself from a month ago, a year ago, five years ago, and you're like, oh my God, you are so cute, right? Because you are so cute and you're cute now too. But there's something about that time. There's something about if we take a picture and then in that moment, it maybe, I don't even know what it is. Like there's more pressure or it's like, oh, that's how I look right now. I don't really know what it is, but there's something about the instantaneous pictures that can feel um, we might be a little bit more critical of than ones that are a little bit older, right? So give it a little bit of time. Don't delete the picture. Don't throw it away. Maybe sit with it for a little bit. Go back to it. Revisit it in a couple weeks or in a month and, and see how you feel. And you might have a little bit of a, bit, a different perspective of it especially if it's a picture from a special event or from a day or with someone that you love, like don't throw away those pictures. You might want those one day. So that's the first thing is give it a little bit of time. The second thing is to, instead of focusing on, because it's likely, if you're anything like me, you're looking at all the things that you don't like. So what if you practice looking at just one or two things that you do like? So you're like, oh, actually, my hair looks really cute. Or, oh, actually, I really love that sweater because it reminds me of so-and-so, whatever, you know? So try to find the things about the picture that you do. Like, oh, actually, I like this. um, uh, I like the setup of the picture. I like the way that it's, like, artistically whatever. So shift the attention from the things you don't like to what you do like. And then the third thing that I want to offer, this isn't really a trick or tip it's more of a perspective shift. So I saw this, I think, in a meme somewhere, but I think it is so perfect. So have you ever tried taking a picture of anything in nature, like sunset or like leaves changing or something like that? And it's like the it's like your camera doesn't capture the beauty that you're seeing in person. So the same thing happens with people, right? So we all have these like essences about us that you can't fully capture in a picture. And I love this idea because it's, for me, it's really helped where it's like, yeah, there are some things that the camera just can't capture. And there's this like light about all of us that we can't quite get with the picture. So just remember that too, that 
you know, we are dynamic beings and we are so much more than what we look like. And because our life is and our world is so centered around visual things and, and pictures, it's good to remember that like, you know what, this might be a moment in time and it may not capture you fully, but there are still beautiful things about you that it captured. So I hope that helps. Um, and I hope that you enjoyed our interview today and, um, we will chat with you next week. Bye. That's okay if your body's changed and that's okay if your body's changed. That's okay if your body's changed and why would you expect them to stay the same when in fact everything 